Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Watching the Boxes Fantasy Basketball Podcast. I am your host, Mike Katrin, and joining me, as always, is my co-host, Tyler Watts. What's up, Tyler? Oh, Michael, it is a new year. It is a new day. Fantasy basketball is finally hitting its crazy time where we all we talk about is trades and who is going to get benched because that team is no longer competing. It's a great time. Yeah, we are back in the thick of things after a uh, extended holiday break. So we hope all you listeners had a great Christmas and New Year's out there. And man, th- this is the this is kind of the critical point in in your season, in any season really. Um, we are approaching a um, always kind of a shift after the New Year. You see players who are hot fall off. You see players who I weren't playing well or come out of nowhere to play real hot in the next couple months. And like you said, the trade deadline is looming. And uh, things were interesting last offseason. There was a ton of trades. And I actually think this trade deadline will follow suit. I won't be surprised. I mean, I think that, you know, why why would a team, you know, who's out of it keep guys, keep veteran players who aren't going to be part of their next team when they could get picks and try to get better? I mean, I think the Sixers kind of opened up that continental divide and we're going to keep seeing it happen. Yeah. And man, there's some tanking teams that uh, need to be tanking a lot harder, especially those Chicago bulls. If they want to get one of these great draft picks in what is looking to be even a more historic draft than last year. So I, I actually think we're going to see a lot of personnel changing over the, you know, before the trade deadline or right around the trade deadline is more likely and uh, people out there, you need to be ready to take um, action when opportunity arises. So um, we're going to try to make sure we cover any major um, moves, transactions that are happening out in the NBA, try to give you some of those quick reactions that we've done in the past. First, though, I wanted to uh, reiterate to everybody out there, we are still brought to you by hashtagbasketball.com and Draft.com, where if you sign up for Draft.com right now using the promo code BOXES, you will get a free first entry into a game. Now, Draft.com is a new way to do fantasy. Um, In my opinion, it's a better way to do fantasy. You do a a snake draft at the beginning of the day for all the players who happen to be playing that night. You're not going to tie with anyone. You're not going to have to find... Uh, some random dude at the bottom of someone's roster who might or might not play, who's only worth like, you know, $500 or whatever. You do a snake draft. It's over in about five minutes. And uh, if you're good at fancy basketball, I think you're going to be good at draft.com. Go check it out. Use the promo code boxes. Let's Did you uh, see that they're starting football already again. They are. Yes. They're starting best ball leagues in football. Like today, I think was wow. the first day. And so if you're a huge fantasy football fan and you just can't wait and you still have like eight months before a new season starts, um, but it's best ball. So you pick 18 people and then um, only eight people play on your team. And it, each week it, it picks the person with the highest score already. So like there's no work to do. There's no lineup moves. There's no pickups. There's no anything. Basically you draft the team and then they play the, your best lineup each week. Hey, that's a good. I'm gonna to have to check that feature out. I have not used that one. I usually uh, I keep to my uh, my basketball corner over here because I at least think I know what I'm doing. 
in the basketball corner. I don't know if they have season-long basketball, but yeah, this is a season-long football thing. I don't know if it's something they're trying new. Um, I'm, I'm not that familiar with the football in this either, but the, I got the the word today that that is a thing. Well, I'm, everybody go check that out, draft.com. Use the promo code BOXES. Um, that'd be great. Let's uh, also let's take a, a quick update on the listener league. Um, kind of the, the cream of the crop is starting to rise here. Uh, we have five teams who are above 500. Licensed a little myself in fourth place. LeBron's hairline in third. The Sloan Ranger in second. Tyler, sadly, you have taken the lead. And, um, you know, you're starting, you're starting to move a little bit ahead of the pack. So props to Tyler, who's not had too many injuries to deal with like I have this season. I'm going to blame the injuries, of course. Mike, I mean, you're slowly slipping out of contention here. One more week and you're going to be out of the playoffs. No, it was just a, it was a slight uh, reconfigure. I'm built for the long term here, you know. I'm dealing with a Vujovic injury, which um, – has pretty much devastated all the the owners of Vujovic, who's been an incredible asset. And uh, but I got you know I got Zach Levine sitting on my IL right now, and um, he'll be back soon. And uh, he might bring those he might lead the Bulls to a championship because the Chicago Bulls are the hottest team in the NBA right now. So uh, just adding another piece could uh, in a weak Eastern Conference. I don't know. Could be uh, could be a championship team if the Bulls make the playoffs. That'll be a sad. Sad state of affairs in the NBA. I I will be very, very upset if the Chicago Bulls are sniffing the playoffs. But I, I do think it is hilarious that they were the worst team in basketball and then suddenly they were the best team in basketball. Another typical who the hell knows what's going on with this team whole season. It's been like that for the last, feels like decade. Mike. When are you going to give up on the Bulls? I mean, never, it, N- never, not I f- ever. It's in my blood. I feel like though that they're like in a really bad spot in the sense that I mean, other than like maybe Chris Dunn, who does good good things for fantasy, but doesn't seem like a great NBA player. I, I, I would mean, actually, I would actually disagree with that. I, I Chris Dunn has been fairly impressive. Let, let's actually talk about Chris Dunn. In a fantasy perspective, um, he's been an absolute must-own. Oh, yeah. I mean, he's great. And, I mean, we all poked a little fun at Mark Roberts for ranking him like 60th in his rankings at the beginning of the season. But that may not be that wrong just because he provides some great defensive stats. Yeah, that is that is one of those things where um, we did we did take Mark Roberts to task a little bit on a few of those players, but really, overall, if you go look at those rankings, they um, they really do reflect a very good. Um, they're reflecting what you think is going to happen for the entire season. We're you know, what a little over a third of the way through the season, and um, so far, it's it's been a pretty good representation. Uh, the the where he's been off and on still has a still well within the the means of of, of deviation to to get back near his projections. So I, I've been very impressed with those um, projections, and uh, I'm glad I used them in, in doing a lot of my rankings this year. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I think Mark's got a lot of experience in this, and, and they always seem to work out well. And um, 
uh, sometimes I'll take him to task on a player, and then it usually turns out that he he even is more right than I am about it. So um, he just really knows what he's talking about. Absolutely, you can check those um, continued uh, rankings over on hashtagbasketball.com. But yeah, I think there's a couple players who've really I think people were down on or people weren't really into, like Chris Dunn, who have become muscle player players, and they're really uh, in Yahoo. Right now, Chris Dunn only owned in 76% of leagues. So, I mean, that's a good amount of leagues, but quite frankly, it should be a lot higher than that. Yeah, no doubt. Same with uh, someone like Dario Saric. Uh, one of my uh, – one of our players that we said, hey, you know, people are going to be down on him, but really, where is he, he going to go? Sure, his minutes might be a, a little down, but he's, he's going to lead that second team and – you know, that seems to be the role he's finally settling into here with Philadelphia. And now you got the more questionable injury uh, synopsis. You know, you don't know how healthy Joel Embiid is going to be for the rest of the year. Now you got, you got that looming in the background. Dario Saric is someone uh, not only should be owned, but I'd be targeting in uh, trades. Now, now, granted, he's been playing really well right now, so it's... Uh, probably a buy high time for Dario Sarge, but I'm targeting him because with Embiid, if Embiid goes out for the rest of the season, he's going to be incredibly valuable. And now this is not to disparage Embiid because, I mean, he's a great player to watch, but we're seeing all those little things kind of mount up again, right? Like, okay, maybe he hasn't had the one big thing that keeps him out for the season yet, but I mean, he's got this hand injury now. He had that back injury last week. It's like he just keeps missing a couple games here and a couple games here and a couple games here. And then he plays a couple games and he misses a couple games and he plays a couple games. And it's just really hard to see him being consistently healthy for the rest of the season. And Dario's doing well even when Joel Embiid's in the lineup. So when he's out of the lineup and he gets even more touches, um, he's just a really fantasy-friendly player. And I think that he's going to get the minutes and the minutes are going to equal production for him. Yeah, I'm 100%. I do not know why Darius Arch is not owned in more leagues around the league. Um, I'm, I'm very surprised by that. But let's let's talk about some of the, I guess, breaking, not, maybe not so breaking news, but some of the uh, the news out there that's happening, happening right now. Uh, James Harden, sadly, looks like he's going to be out two to six weeks. Um it's kind of a long time frame, and I when I heard he was going to be reevaluated in a couple of weeks, I was like, oh, "Okay, that's that doesn't sound too bad." Two to six weeks, not uh, I'm not too pleased with that that wide of a variety of uh, of how long he can miss. What is your take on this injury? Oh, I mean, I, I think that hamstrings are always tricky, and most of the time, you want to kind of err on the side of caution, just in the sense that they're really easy to reaggravate and. Usually when you re-aggravate, you miss significantly more time than you missed the first time. So I wouldn't be surprised to see him miss three, four, five weeks here. And I don't think the Rockets are in much danger of falling out of playoff contention when uh, with, with James Harden out. I know he's obviously carrying the entire uh, – well, maybe not carrying the entire team, but he is probably – leading or, or, or second in uh, MVP voting right now. And um, that's going to hurt the Rockets, but I, I would much rather have Harden 
healthy for the playoffs versus back early so they can win a handful of more games. If you're a Chris Paul owner, you might be kind of happy about this just in the sense that Chris Paul takes over the kind of James Harden thing where, I mean, you, if you watch that Lakers game the other night when James Harden went out in the fourth quarter, like in both overtimes, Chris Paul just dominating the ball, dribbling around, shooting when he wants, passing when he wants. Um, you know, I think that he could really cement his kind of top 10 play that we normally see from him um, over the stretch. Yeah, this is, I mean, if you can grab Chris Paul from someone right now, uh, do it immediately. I, I, I doubt that's going to happen, but you're going to see vintage Chris Paul. You're going to see someone taking over the team. You're going to really see him um, play heavy extended minutes. And uh, as long as he's healthy, which he is also coming back from kind of a, a sore leg, I, I can see his value skyrocketing. Also a great time to sell high on Chris Paul. Fantastic time. I would milk the weeks, though. You know, so some people go, all right, he's going to be great. I better sell high on him right now. No, 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 no. You milk these weeks from Chris Paul because you're going to be seeing double-doubles, I would assume, for the next three to maybe even month. And then I would move Chris Paul. Get as much value as you can out of him because you're, you're about to reap the benefits of owning Chris Paul. Oh, no doubt. And, I mean, there's always kind of a fine line there, depending on your league, of when you can sell him for an absolute king's ransom and the amount of production you can get from him. Um, You obviously want to get as much production from him as you can, and then you want to sell him for his absolute highest price you can. Um, So it's kind of a fine line, but it's definitely an an option. Yeah. There's been a lot of injuries, actually, over the – really, really sad injuries over over the break. Uh, Oladipo – Currently out. Uh, did you have you seen anything out of Indianapolis with Oladipo? Out? This is one of those weird ones where he's missed the last four games and they're not saying anything. Um, yeah. and we saw this with Embiid last year when we see this you know every once in a while. It's like each game comes and they just say uh, Oladipo's out, and then like it winds up weeks later. You know we find out that he had this really bad injury, and I'm not saying that's Oladipo's case, but it's kind of trending that way. Um, missed four straight, doesn't really look super close to returning. Um, we're looking for any shred of information we can find at this point. Yeah, I haven't seen much. I haven't heard um, any word that he's even you know practicing or anything like that. Well, and it's a bullcrap sore right knee. Yeah, I have I a sore right knee. It's not anything. Yeah. I might or might not have had too many drinks over New Year's and, and taken a, a tumble, and I, I currently have a sore right knee, so – I could be out. I could have said, oh, sorry, we don't do any podcasts because of the sore right knee. That's bogus. Yeah, and he's already been rolled out for tomorrow's game a good, you know, actually a little bit more than 24 hours in advance of it. And so, I mean, every time they rule the person out a whole day in advance, like when the coach gives his press conference the day before, you always got to think he's not really that close to returning. Like he's probably going to miss at least the next week. Um, so I wouldn't expect him back in the relative near term. And if you can sell him for the value he's been producing, like a top 20 player, a top 30 player, I might entertain that just because, I mean, it's kind of a really uncertain situation at this point. Yeah, you don't know if this is something that's going to linger or, you know, here in two weeks he'll be back and doing the same exact thing he's been doing all year, which is providing top, you know, 15, top 
in value, really. And, I mean, let's not forget things like this Seth Curry injury. I mean, we're still waiting for guys like Seth Curry to come back, right? Like, some of these teams are just really, I mean, I don't know what the word you want to use is, deceitful, shady, whatever. They just, they tell you, oh, well, we'll evaluate him next week. Oh, next week, next week. And then the guy just never comes back. I mean, I don't, we don't really know. There's no way to tell. Yeah. We could honestly ne- maybe never see Victor Oladipo again. I, I'm not going to put money on that outcome. But well, this is one of those this is one of those situations that we've talked about in in the past. Um, are you risk adverse, or are you do you need to take a risk to move up in the standings? Right now, if you need to take a risk to move up in the standings, and you don't have Oladipo, trade for him. Maybe the owner thinks this is a serious serious injury than more. And maybe then it is, and then you get him for a, a decent value, and then you have Oladipo on your team, and you start moving up the the, the standings. Vice versa, you got Oladipo on your team, and you're in the lo- lower part of the standings. Hey, now's the time to take a risk with moving him and try to get back some more players to uh, to boost your statistics. You got to be willing to take on risk if you are not in the top half of your league. And let's add this too: like no player in team should be untouchable. Like, there is a price to pay for every single player. Yes. Now, that's not to say, ooh, I'm going to trade Chris Paul for, I don't know, Evan Fournier. But there is a price you could pay me, no matter what your team looks like, where I would be like, well, I think I'll take that over Chris Paul. And so, I mean, like, I'll start trade discussions with some people, and they're like, oh, this guy's completely off the table. And I'm like... I don't understand. So if I gave you James Harden or my best player, whoever my best player is, you would not give me back that player. Like that doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah, that's a a really good point. Everyone, everyone is tradable. No matter, even even in perfect circumstances, even the the healthy LeBron James is tradable right now. Now you, you better get something really nice back for him, but he certainly is tradable. And actually, let's talk about LeBron James because more breaking – well, not breaking news. I guess everybody saw this coming if you actually have a Twitter account. But um, the return of Isaiah Thomas on a minutes uh, restriction probably for the next few weeks or so. But he did play 20 minutes. Um, Isaiah Thomas did. Played 20 minutes, 6 for 12 hitting three three-pointers, had three assists and 17 points. Looks like Isaiah is going to run and gun while he's in the game. Is this something – a lot of people are going to – I think the initial reaction is going to be, uh-oh, LeBron James touches are going to go down. This is going to hurt LeBron James' value. I'd better sell at LeBron's peak, which is right now. Do you believe that? How many shots a game did Kyrie Irving take last year, Michael? A, a, a game? Mm. Uh, 71. Yeah, I mean, uh, it I, I, uh, it's like 20s in the 20s. I mean, it, he, I don't really see how this is any different. I mean, I think Isaiah Thomas is going to get touches, but LeBron's going to get his. And, hey, listen, if LeBron gets a little bit less usage, that may be the best thing for him. I mean, he's 33 years old now. He's had his birthday last week, right? And – I mean, he's playing fantastically, but these, you know, father time catches up with everybody. You know, a 35-year-old Kobe tore his Achilles. 
being – I mean, and why did he tear it? I'm not going to blame Mike D'Antoni, but it was because he was playing 40 minutes probably every single night and being – you know, every sh- attempt had to go through him, whether he shot it or passed it. So, I mean, I'm, I mean, as he gets older, I think they want guys who are going to take the ball out of his hands a little bit, and everyone's going to win because he's going to be healthy then. Listen, I, I am a well-documented LeBron hater, but LeBron is one of the smartest guys in the game and probably to um, ever really play the game. And he is never thinking about, all right, I need to – I'm going to kill everyone and win every single game and play like a lunatic every single night. He has been in this league long enough where he knows there is one goal, and that is getting a ring. With Isaiah out, he knew he had to carry this team. He knew he had to uh, dictate how this team came across, and he has been doing that. Last season, he played 37 minutes a night, almost 38. This season, he's playing 37 minutes a night. No, no big switch there. With Isaiah come in, like you said, he he probably will say, hey, we got to get Isaiah into the flow of these things if we're actually going to make a run for the championship. And he'll he's probably going to let Isaiah figure out his role on this team. And I actually do see that usage going down. But this is, this is the difference you're talking about. And I, it's not a significant difference, right? But here's the difference you're going to see. Between last year and this year. This year with LeBron running everything without Kyrie. And last year with Kyrie. This year, 27 points a game. Last year, 26. Almost two threes a game. Last year, 1.7 instead of 1.9. Last year, more rebounds by 0.6. Right around eight. Eight and a half last year. Nine assists this year. 8.7 assists last year. Now, this is what's been more the kind of an impressive jump for, I think, LeBron. Uh, 1.6 steals and a block this year. Last year, half a block, 1.2 steals. That's it. Those are your only differences. Are you really thinking that having, let's say, one less assist and um, I guess a half a steal less for the rest of the, the year is, is going to affect the value that you get game in and game out from LeBron? And the answer is is no. It's just no. And we may see a couple games where he rests, and we could see some, I don't know what you want to call it, coasting. But, I mean, he's LeBron James. I mean, he's going to be one of the top ten players in fantasy. It's just going to happen. Yeah. Now, we said every player is tradable, and LeBron is tradable. But this is not a, I got to get rid of LeBron at his peak. His peak, his, his peak is now, and his – the plateau below him is is not very far down from the peak. Like the rest of the year, he's still going to be an amazing fantasy basketball player where you are getting close to a triple-double every night. Why, oh, no doubt. Why make, uh, the, why make a move unless you're going to get something similar back? Oh, no doubt about that. Um, what's interesting, though, is kind of the, some of the quotes Isaiah had after this game – that are worrisome. He's not going to play against the Celtics, which that one kind of surprised me. I kind of figured he'd play against the Celtics and that not. Is, that is interesting. Trailblazers tonight because he's he's out back to back still, and we see that a lot. So that's nothing in common. But here's here's a quote from Isaiah Thomas: "My hip is better, but I have no rhythm. I've been out for so long; it feels like I lost my powers." 
Hmm. Um, so he could be dealing with a little bit of a confidence issue. It didn't really show itself in tonight's game. But, I mean, that's something to monitor going forward. Because, I mean, all these guys are such skilled athletes that confidence plays a big role in, in them being great. And so he's scheduled to start on Saturday. Um, they've already announced that this was going to be the one game he played in where he wasn't going to start. Um, so it'll be interesting to monitor that situation. And he did some like really historic things last year that I just didn't think were sustainable. Anyways, we talked about this a lot in the preseason. Um, he's really the interesting one to me and kind of what that stat line looks like at the end of the season. Yeah, even if he was healthy going into the season, I, I think both of us were kind of like, he's getting older, and sure, he could probably do some of the stuff he did last season, but I don't think he's ever going to get back to that peak. I mean, he was out of his mind almost historically not just for Isaiah Thomas, but for basketball players. Um, coming well, off this cra- injury, he's not, uh, not going to reach that peak. Well, the crazy thing to me was he shot 46.3%, and the two years before that, he was like in the 42s, and he shot you know 90% from the free throw line, and he had never shot 90% from the free throw line. It was just like – and he was taking significantly more attempts than he'd ever taken before. It was like everything just kind of came together in one package and just didn't seem very repeatable. If you are, if you currently own Isaiah Thomas though, um, what's, what's the move here? You can't really gauge um, who he's going to be this year after one game, obviously you've already invested this much time into owning him. And this certainly isn't a sell high moment. Are you? Oh, you're in the bubble. High moment, or or yeah. What what are you going to do with him for the rest of the year? You're you're in the boat right now. Yeah. And at least for the next couple of weeks, you're just in the boat. You got to own him. Um, I have no problem activating him for for the not, not tomorrow's game because he's not going to play. If you didn't activate him tonight, I wouldn't activate him until they play again on Saturday. Um, but I mean, you basically just got to ride with what you got and. If they say he's still on a minutes limit and you're in like a roto league or a league with strict games limits, I have no problem with you not playing Isaiah Thomas if you think you have better options, especially in a shallow league. But, I mean, you're in there until he gets back to playing 30-whatever minutes he's going to play, probably 32. And he has a couple big games. And then if you want to sell high, I have no problem with that, especially if you can get someone to buy based on last year's value. If you can do that, yeah. then great. Yeah, sell. But is there a is there a Boston homer in your league? Is there a, a closet Kings fan in your league? Um, those might be guys to target. If someone thinks Isaiah Thomas is going to be as good as he was last year, especially, I mean, let's say he played 19 minutes, scored 17 points. That isn't that, that isn't a bad start. So why not? Why not float him out there? See see if you can get any bites. Yeah, I mean, if you can sell them for – I mean, okay, here's a question. Like, in the grand scheme of things, from today forward, so we'll just wipe out everything that's already happened. On a per-game basis, Isaiah Thomas is a what player? Like, top 30, top 20, top 40, hmm. top 60? I mean – Let's see. Let's let's say – let's do a little – let's do a who, – who who's going to finish higher from today into the year? Ranking wise, I'm gonna throw out some names for you. Kimball Walker. Now that's a good one. I'm gonna probably go with Kimball Walker. I think I'm, in- I think I'm gonna go with Kimball Walker, but these these are numbers. These are numbers that are 
definitely reachable by Isaiah Thomas. Let's say once once he's playing starters minutes every night. Kimball Walker's currently averaging 21 points, five and a half assists, and 3.4 rebounds and a steal. Isaiah Thomas could do that. Oh, if Isaiah, healthy. Isaiah Thomas could do even a little better than that, maybe. But you also have to endure the two weeks here of him not playing uh, that full workload. Plus, I just feel a little safer with Kemba Walker in the sense that this hip injury that he had is supposed to be kind of nasty and can have some long-term knock-on effects. And maybe they don't manifest themselves this year, but maybe they do again. I mean, you never really know. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm with you with picking Kemba Walker if I had to take one for the rest of the year. I'm saying that IT's ceiling for this year is above current Kimball Walker. Fact. Here's another guy I, I'm going to throw out there. Would you rather have Tyreek Evans for the rest of the year? Oh, no, I feel, I feel way worse about his injury history than Isaiah Thomas. I'll much rather have Isaiah Thomas. Wow. I, I think it's a little bit closer, probably a little bit more apropos to uh, they're both kind of – we don't know about either one of them, if the, how they're going to finish this year, how how long they're going to be healthy or when they're going to be um, – if Isaiah Thomas is going to be fully healthy within the month, um, if Tyreek Evans will last another month. Um, the last two years, 25 and then 40 games for Mr. Tyreek Evans. He's played 36 yeah. already. I've always, I've always had a thing for Tyreek Evans. I've always been a. F- he's great, and he's gotten me so many fantasy fan. Yeah. The, the production is always there, right? And you're always like, oh man, if this guy just played more minutes, or oh, if he could just stay healthy, and then. Yeah, it never works out. This year, the opportunity arose. He's working out. He's out there. He's hitting it. Oh, he's playing great. Um, he's a guy though that that forty-seven percent that he's shooting. You got to feel like that does not last. Pretty high. And the 80% from the free throw line probably doesn't last either. So, and he's really never been a great three-point shooter, and he's shooting 42.6% from three this season. So that maybe doesn't yeah. last. Sell, sell high alert, everyone. If you didn't pick that up, uh, Tyler, Tyler was landing on real thick. That's a sell high alert. Tyreek Evans. Move yeah. Him. And I'm even willing to – he's the kind of guy I'm even willing to move for a – I won't say significantly less, but a little bit less value than what he's producing, right? Like, I mean, you're, I'm not going to say I have to sell him for 100 cents on the dollar of the value he's producing today, right? I'll sell him for 85 cents on the dollar on that because that's basically what I think he's, his best-case scenario is he produces the rest of the season. Like, he's playing out of his mind. There's no way he's going to produce 100% of the value. Best case scenario is probably like 85, 90% of what he's doing right now. Yeah. And, um, you know, when is, when is Mike Connolly due to, to return? Pretty, pretty soon, right? Uh, Michael, you, you've gone down the rabbit hole of another crazy injury that we don't know anything about. Another, another, oh yeah, it's next week. Don't worry, everybody. Oh, you know, not this week. Um, still injured. Here was the update from, the great coach making okay. strides toward a Grizzlies return. Still no timetable yet. Making strides is probably my least favorite thing to hear. 
So I, I honestly, I don't even know what that means. That's not even that. That was a sentence where you gave no information. He is not getting worse, but he is getting better. But he is not going to be playing anytime soon. That's what I take from that. So yeah, I mean, Mike Conley is another one where only the good Lord knows. <sighs> Man, just a, a very injury plagued season. It feels it feels like this season more than most. Seen a lot of pretty good to decent fantasy players get hit with the injury bug. Oh, I'm with you there. And that, well, that seems like a lot of them have been ones where you're just like, what, what injury is this? Like, I, I almost feel better. Not, I won't say feel better, but like, it's easier to know when they say, okay, he's got this knee injury. He's out four to six weeks. He's got. Vujovic has a fractured hand. Great. Yeah. Not great, but you know, you know, he's when he's healed, he'll be, he'll be back. Right, and that's what I mean. And, and then there's like these injuries, like Mike Conley with his Achilles, and in the bunch we've mentioned today, where it's just like no one knows, no one has any idea. Like Victor Odipo, sore knee. I don't know what that means, man. Is, is something in there torn? Is it swelling up? Like, give me some information. Not nothing. Yeah, um, and you know how is how is Kawhi doing? He's been sitting out the occasional game. I know that is that was on track. Um, he looks when he plays. Hey, he looks he looks pretty good. Um, but is, is he still sitting out just for simply for um, you know precautionary reasons, or is this still bothering him, and is it going to bother him for the rest of the season? So you, you, a lot of these just very big question marks uh, that we just don't know. To, that he ramped it up to thirty-one tonight. Yeah, first time he's played over thirty minutes. Um, he has looked really. He has looked really good. I, I think most of it is just we're we're trying to ease him back in there, and we're the Spurs. We're we don't care. Cautious yeah. than, we're a little more cautious than every anyone and everyone. Um, and look at some of the teams they sat him out against. Like they sat him out against the Kings. Like they probably whoa, figured they whoa, were going to beat the Kings without him. I mean, like not to disparage the Kings, but that's just the way it goes. Um, Kawhi's is a tendonitis injury, though I believe. That they they, yeah. did, they did announce that at some point, so um, that that usually only gets worse. You know what I mean, or flares up, whatever you want to call yeah, it. So you could see a return of that later, and he'll he'll miss a week or two. Yeah, so I mean, it's a little bit scary, and we're talking about you know some of these guys rising up a little bit and playing great basketball. Um, when we look at next year's top ten. Now in a roto league, it's a little bit different. Kawhi probably be top ten, but in head to head. An injury like that could be something that pushes Kawhi to, you know, number eight, number nine, number 10, number 11 with some of this influx of talent we've seen in the last few years. Yeah. I mean, you got, you have to give credit to guys like uh, DeMarcus Cousins and, um, and you know what, throw a big shout out to um, a resurgence from a slow start from Jimmy Butler um, cracking into the, that top 10. So dudes like that might be sneaking their way past um, Kawhi Leonard next year in a head-to-head league. Yeah, but we're a long way off from that. But that's just the thought I've been thinking about a, l- a little bit. Just a little we are bit. a little ways away from doing our rankings for next year. But, yeah, I, I think all these things are going to have to go into play, and we're going to have to see you know, way back to the original topic after this long tangent. We're just going to have to see how Isaiah Thomas gets through this. But I'm with you. I think he's maybe like a t- – 
Maybe he's in the top 50. Maybe he's not for the rest of the year. Yeah, and and so if you can sell him for a guy you feel pretty sure about, um, be that anybody, you know what I mean? And that's kind of the move I like to make when there's a lot of uncertainty is maybe I can sell him for, I don't know, Chris Middleton. Ooh, I, pro- yeah. I, pro- I probably feel a little bit safer about Chris Middleton than I do yeah, about yeah. Isaiah Thomas. Chris Middleton, always underrated. Right, and, and maybe you shoot the moon and, and you go for here's a guy. Here's a guy who's been playing some really great basketball. Was hurt for a little bit, came back and is playing some really great basketball. Devin Booker, doesn't Devin Booker isn't he doing a lot of Isaiah Thomasy type things this year? Now, obviously, the field goal percentage is probably not going to be probably going to be the old Isaiah Thomas, the forty two percent, right? Yeah, but. I mean, I just feel a little more safe about Devin Booker. That's another guy where I'd probably say I'd rather have Devin Booker than Isaiah Thomas. Yeah, I've been a de- uh, a fan of how Devin Booker has looked, um, taking a, kind of a miniature leap. I, I feel this uh, this year, even though he's he has missed a few games, um, has has really started filling up some of those intangibles, kind of like uh, Bradley Beal started to. Uh, Bradley Beal seemed to be just a one-trick pony, and he uh, ended up adding some assists, adding some steals to his game. And, and Devin Booker, so young, looks like he is going to not only do that but be someone very, um, very good in yes. the uh, in the future. Just turned twenty-one in October, so there are literally rookies who are older than he is still. Yeah, aggressively, aggressively young. Um, I have a question. For, uh, on the recent performance, it's basically what you what what will you do in this situation? Um, like I said, Vujovic out um, for till February, I think. Yes, sir. February mid February is supposed to come back now. Is Bismack Biombo has been averaging one of a, the my favorite players to say his name. Bismack Biombo has been averaging 31 minutes a game. I I, I love uh, uh, this is just a tangent. And I don't want to say it because it's funny. I love it when they put the huge emphasis on the buy. Like if you listen to a game and they're like Bismack Biombo, like it's like some name that no one can say. And I'm like, mm-hmm. I, I I don't know why there's such emphasis on it. Like just just calm it down. Yeah, yeah. You got to make the emphasis on Bismack. That's the cool part. <laughs> I don't understand, but. In these last few games, averaging 31 minutes per game, right around 10 points, 13 rebounds, 3.3 blocks, shooting 51%, 80% from the line. Um, when Bismack was really the only guy playing well in Toronto a few years back, um, or was that just last year? That was two years ago, wasn't it? He played for the Magic last year, my friend. You were right. I've, uh, it was a lost season. I uh, I disowned Biznak Biamba last season after how terrible he turned out to be. But this, that there are no other centers to play on this Orlando team, and uh, Biznak here, a very good source of blocks and rebounds when he plays. And like I said, in Toronto, when he was playing. 30-plus minutes a game. He was an elite rebounder and a, a, an elite blocker as well. So are we are we seeing a 
you know, just the opportunity there to to be that type of player or just small sample size theater? Oh, I think it's safe to say he's a must-own in the head-to-head league. I mean, you look at the last two years, he's averaged right around 20 min- 22 minutes a game. He's gotten you eight rebounds a game and seven rebounds a game. So if you figure he's going to play 30 minutes now, you're pushing pretty close to 10 rebounds a game. Um, in those two seasons, he's averaged 1.6 and 1.3 blocks per or 1.1 blocks per game. So, I mean, that's a pretty healthy dose right there. And that makes him ownable in a standard league right there. Um, now, obviously, it's got to be head-to-head because he's going to shoot a bad free throw percentage. Yeah. Um, An 8% so, is not real. Yeah, so in a roto league, I, I mean, I'm probably comfortable leaving him on the wire just in the sense that he's going to tank your free throw percentage. But in head-to-head, especially if you're already punting, you got a Andre Drummond, you've got a DeAndre Jordan. Yeah, man, to add him. Yeah, it's, it's, it's hard to make um, the argument that someone who can average, especially something like rebounds, like you know, 12, 13 rebounds a game, uh, to leave that guy on the wire, considering rebounds are a pretty rare stat now that we have kind of reduced the, um, the traditional center role so, so far in the, in, in the league this year. And, and here's what I think it's safe to say. I think it's safe to say that probably till Vucevic comes back, He's probably going to average somewhere over 10 rebounds, probably somewhere in the vicinity of 10 points, and probably about two blocks a game. Yeah. That sounds pretty good to me. I mean, those points aren't great, but it's not like some of these rebound and block specialists, like a Tyson Chandler, for example, who gets you like six points a game, right? Like he's going to be pretty close to 10, if not over 10. Also – yeah, his free throw percentage is pretty bad, but he, he's not going to shoot a, a a Dwight Howard volume level of free throws. No, you got to worry about some team hacking him a bunch. Sure. Um, which obviously any one game in a roto league can tank you pretty hard if he's like four out of fifteen. Uh, not to say that that'll happen, but it's a possibility. Yeah, if you're and if you're already punting free throws, who cares? Right. Um. I'm going to throw a few names out there. Would you rather, for the next couple weeks, next two, three weeks, would you, would you rather have Bismack Biombo or Taj Gibson? Bismack Biombo. Um, I actually think I'm going to go with Taj Gibson on this one. I know we just talked about Bismack's elite rebounds, but Taj Gibson is shooting a, a incredibly high percentage this year. His free throws, while not good, aren't going to be as bad as Bismack Biombo's. Is going to score more. Um, is 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 going to be a little bit more rounded of a player, I think, when it comes to overall. But if you're in a if you're punting, you know, percentages, then I'd go with Bismack Biombo. But in a roto league, I think I would go with Taj Gibson over Bismack. Oh, definitely. The blocks are really in the head. The head is really what separates it. I mean, Taj Gibson averaging point seven a game this year. Yeah. Bismack Biombo probably going to be close to two. I mean, that's just a huge, huge gap. Ooh, here's here's another one. Um, Bismack the the Bismack Biombo, or a allegedly healthy Brook Lopez. <laughs> Give me Bismack, man. They just don't oh want to play. They just don't want to play Brook Lopez at all. I just is- want to. I just want to take this opportunity to be the to tell everybody Brooke Lopez is is probably having the hardest fall 
Like his value in his career has probably never been lower. Well, and which I still probably, think he's which probably, is a good time to buy, by the way, everybody. I still think he's probably the best player on that team. And he's averaging in December. Now, granted, it was only seven games. He averaged 19.9 minutes a game. He averaged 23 minutes a game in November. Like, why, why is Brook Lopez not playing more minutes than that? It doesn't make any sense. It makes zero sense. And I, I, I don't even – I'm not even going to attempt to assume that, oh, once he comes back, they're going to play him more minutes. Why would well, that happen? And, uh, well, here's the thing. Where, where do they find the minutes, right? Like Kuzma's broken out now. So now injuries – but we even saw an injury and it still didn't happen. Kuzma's kind of broken out now. Larry Nance plays kind of both positions there. Brooke Lopez only plays center and Julius Randle only plays center. And they have Andrew Bogut. So they try to throw Bogut out there a little bit. And it's like there's just no time for Brooke Lopez and Julius Randle who they want to give Randle minutes too. So it's like – there's, it's not going to get any better, people. It's just not. No, I think you just got to give up on the the Brooke Lopez dreams, which if you're having Brooke Lopez dreams, you might want to call your doctor. Um, that doesn't sound healthy at all. And <sighs> Brooke Lopez, you, like, you think they should move him, right? They should trade him away. But they've sucked all his value out of there. Like, if – you're another team, and you know, okay, you're not really playing this guy. This is the last year of his contract. Like, what are you really willing to give up to get Brook Lopez? Like, probably not a whole lot. No, he's an. I mean, he's an expiring contract, right? Like, so there's that. But so so what? You know, yeah, like, like eh? if you're a team like competing for the playoffs, I'm not giving up a mid first round pick for Brook Lopez at this point. Absolutely not. So, like, maybe, you know... You turn to another bad team is about the only... The best opportunity. That's what I mean. Like, there's no good way this goes. So, I think they're just stuck with Brook Lopez for the season, and it's it's bad for both parties. Ugh, poor Brook Lopez. Like, never really, never really had an issue with him, but um, surprisingly, the... Um, just like the... Well, yeah, just like the Gasol brothers... Young, the, the younger brother. Now, is, is Robin the younger brother of the of the Lopez brothers? Ooh, that's a good question. Are they twins? I think they're twins, but who, who was born first? Someone, someone had to be born first. They are twins. I do not know which was born first and which was born second. I am not I am not well versed on my Lopez birth times. Yeah, we if anyone knows, if you if anyone knows that um if Robin Lopez is uh, was born first or Brooke Lopez, please tweet at us. Or if you are Robin or Brooke Lopez listening to this podcast, which I assume uh, one of you are, um, feel free to tweet at us. You can tweet at me at watching the boxes or at Tyler at Dwatsi four, 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 four. I am not finding anything about who was born first. So um, we will see. But like I said, Robin Lopez one of my, by the way, one of my favorite personalities in in the league. Uh, you can make the argument. I, I don't think it's hard to make the argument. Robin Lopez is the better basketball player now. Um, uh, definitely for fantasy, he's the better one this year. Yeah, he's. I think he's the better NBA player this year, all things considered. 
Um, but it could just be the Lakers um, quagmire that, that Brooke Lopez happens to be in. It's all possible. All right. Was is there any other players that we uh we probably need to get to? I'm sure there's a ton. I mean but uh is there anyone you wanted to talk about? Oh man. You know this is never good for you, Mike. You do this all the time and it never works out. It never works out. You always it pick never a player works out I, for you. I haven't thought about in two to three weeks. And then I'm like, Oh god, who what what has he even been doing? This is the question I'll ask. So should we pour one out for Greg Monroe? It doesn't look like he's gonna oh. Greg Monroe, you're gonna do it to me. You're gonna go after third leg, Greg. Third oh, leg. And here's the thing: I keep hearing everyone say, "Oh, they're gonna trade him." How long did the Bucks try to trade him? Three years. Uh, I don't even think it was on the Bucks for three years. They tried to trade him for three years. I mean, how long did you know Detroit I mean? like, try to trade him? Um, yes, I mean, who's buying Greg? Who's buying a Greg? You know. I know a team who needs to start losing more games and um, they, they have some assets to sell. So, uh, but Phoenix is, but, but that's the thing. What's Phoenix going to move? Greg is Phoenix going to move Greg Monroe for some wily veterans to make the playoffs. No. Is anyone going to give up anything other than expiring contracts for Greg Monroe? No one's giving up a draft pick. Like a good that's- draft pick. That's what I mean. Like a contender might give like the 60th overall pick. <laughs> Yeah, you might get, um, you know, I, I guess a team a team that loses their backup center to give up their second round draft pick. But that's what I mean. Like, okay, Greg's great for fantasy because he he produces some rebounds and some points. But like, are the Warriors buying Greg Monroe? Like, no, he doesn't really provide a defensive presence off the bench. Isn't that what you want in a backup center? Like, you don't really want some guy who's going to go out there and give you 30 points. You, you don't see Enos Cantor on too many championship-winning teams. No offense to Enos Cantor. He's great. Yeah, be what careful he is. You know what I mean? But the, most people, as a, especially as a backup center, they want a defensive guy who can come in and shut someone down if they need to. I wouldn't yeah. say that's Greg Monroe. Yeah, a lot, a lot of teams don't need uh, high-volume, low like low-post center slash forward to come off the bench. You want your scores to come off the bench to be Isaiah Thomas. That's who you want you to be here to come in, blow up this uh, second team, just drop 20 in, in two quarters and make everyone look embarrassed. That's who your second team score is because while you can hide, you can hide a guy. Let's say like Seth Curry, that guy can get hot, right? Is he one of the better defenders in the league? No, he's not. Sorry, Seth Curry. But I know you listen to the show, so. Um, but you can come in and be incredibly valuable on that second team. When Greg Monroe comes in and drops 20 in two quarters, he also gives up 17 on the other end because he's he isn't defending anyone under the under the basket. So it's not an it's just not a net positive why you can hide someone like Seth Curry on a on a non-shooting wing. Or guard. Yeah, Lou Williams. I mean, he dropped 40 the other night. I mean, we see it all the oh, time. Man. Yeah, Lou Williams is the perfect example. That's exactly who you want your six man to be. Right, but you don't want it to be Greg Monroe. So if you're owning Greg, especially if you're in some sort of 10 or 12 team league, just cut Greg, man. He's he's not going to have the value. Just drop him. Just drop uh, him. Now, in a deeper league, 
even still, like, I don't really see the Suns moving Craig Monroe. And if they do, I don't really see him getting the minutes. So it's going to be really hard for me to tell you you should own Greg Monroe, unless the waiver wire just has nothing but other upside not playing guys. And then maybe. That's a real – to me, that's a real tough one because in a deeper league – a, a like 15 games out of Greg Monroe is like 30 games out of I, don't know, I can't even think of some trash trashy player at the bottom of a, of a league like uh, 30 games out of Channing Fry. Okay, yeah, I, 30 I, games I, out of Sean Napier. But that's what I mean. Is there somebody? Named... Napier. Sean Napier. Who's Sean Napier? She's made up a player. But is there somebody like uh, – let me think about this for a second. Let's see here. Someone who's a backup, like a backup, let's say point guard or shooting guard, who – Ish Smith is the perfect example two weeks ago. Okay. Good you know I mean, like yeah. Smith is available, but she's not – he wasn't owned in hardly any leagues before Reggie Jackson got hurt. Then Reggie Jackson goes down. Now Ish Smith's got some serious value. I think I'd much rather own that type of guy than a Greg Monroe at this point. Yeah, because that's a that's a hey, he's still gonna play like twenty, nineteen, twenty minutes a night. Um, and of course, I, I I talk shit about Shabazz Napier, and he's actually been playing really well lately. Yeah, but like I said, you know, once Trump. once once Damian Lillard comes back, they're dead tonight, so you're, you're safe. He's gonna be dead. Um, but yeah, that's and actually that's a good point. Shabazz Napier, Greg Monroe, that's a tough choice. I think I'd still rather have Greg Monroe. But like you're saying, the backup point guard is going to play 20 minutes a night, 21 minutes a night anyway, and then the injury happens, and now he's the starting point guard. Like, if you took um, a gamble on Spencer Dimwitty, now he's the starting guard. He's, um, you know, having a great fantasy season. Yeah, TJ McConnell. I mean, there's another guy. Like, he's producing a little bit when he he plays. And if Ben Simmons goes out, he's a heck of a lot more valuable than Greg Monroe not playing any minutes ever. Exactly. And that's – I think it's exactly the type of person you'd rather have than Greg Monroe. I think you're 100% on that. Yeah, and so that's all I'm saying is if you got Greg, especially in a shallow league, get rid of him. Even in a deeper league, if there's a backup point guard out there that you're going, you know what? He plays 20 minutes a night, and if this player got hurt, he'd probably have some good value. I think I'd rather go there too. Oof. Man, poor – you know, took, he took a chance at Greg Monroe. You probably got a couple good games out of him. Probably pissed you off a few weeks. Um, hey, that's that's what – you got to take your chances out there when you're – you got to take some risks. You got to take some chances on the waiver wire. And that's a, I, you know, it's a pretty good chance to take, and I'm, I'm okay with having throw, that chance. I had Greg Monroe in quite a few uh, leagues, and um, I've dropped him in quite a few leagues too. I'll throw another one out there, kind of a similar player, Jaleel Okafor. Ooh, just, yeah, just, it's not happening. It's just not happening. Uh, I have one more, maybe um, kind of not, not the same, but a little similar. Our old boy, John Collins. Someone uh, we said, hey, grab a hold of, hold on to. Got a lot of potential there. Um, kind of hitting a little bit of a rookie wall, only playing 20-some um, minutes 
each night, not still not starting, um, getting into foul trouble every once in a while, but you're still seeing um, some good blocks out of him, some good rebounds out of him. I'm I'm not I'm not willing to in a in a bigger league to get rid of John Collins. Um, honestly, I'm I think John Collins is a guy you buy right now, or you add in a twelve or fourteen team league if he's on the waiver wire. In the sense that I didn't expect John Collins to have his top value until 2018. In the sense that this team isn't gonna win anything. So why keep running out Irsan Ilyasova and Dwayne Dedman when he gets healthy as we get down the stretch here? Mike Muscala, like they know they got Mike Muscala. He's been on the team for how many years? Miles Plumley, like I think they I, actually forgot Mike Muscala back in when they took a flight out of Miami. I, I don't think Mike Muscala has been seen in weeks. But they have the absolute worst record in the NBA as of right now. They have 10 wins. Every other team has at least 11. So I think, you know, as they get to the trade deadline, they're going to try to move some of these veterans maybe. I don't know how many of them have any great value. Maybe they don't get much for any of them, but that's okay. That that happens. And I think John Collins starts playing more and more. So John Collins is probably not a terrible guy to buy at this point. I, I like your theory on the fact that he's going to play more and more because he definitely is. Um, there's just no reason for them to go in any other direction other than giving this kid some minutes, some time to, uh, to figure out how the NBA works and to, um, like I said, like the percentages would look good overall for a center. Um, I don't know if he'll ever develop a three point game. I I doubt it, but, um, I I don't think it's out unheard of, um, and the rebounds and blocks per minute are fairly impressive. And I wrote this about Scala Bissier uh, a couple weeks ago, and, and it finally worked out tonight. He actually had a big game where he had 15 rebounds and 17 points. Like Teams like the Kings need to realize now, like, okay, Sacramento, you're not making the playoffs. Like, you tried. You're out. Why? I, are you... I wouldn't even go so far as to say they tried, but I'm, I'm with you. I'm, I'm following well, I mean, you played the games. You showed up. You showed up. You got on the bus and showed up, but that's really and, all you can ask for. I mean, we will make this a big conversation about Jaeger and just the stupid stuff he does because, I mean, that, that'll just take us down a whole other rabbit hole, and I could we talk could about it. be here for a while. I could talk about that for hours. But my point is, why are you not playing Scalabissier starters minutes? Number one, I still think you don't really know what you have in Scalabissier. He's only 21 years old, turns 22 in March. He's got a lot of intangibles, a lot of things that you look at in brief stretches and you go, damn, that's impressive. Man, that's that's good, man. You can shoot some threes. You can do this. You can rebound the ball pretty well. But then they're giving minutes to a 36-year-old Zach Randolph, like giving him 30 minutes a game. And I get it. Jaeger and Randolph are buddies from 10 years ago and whatever. Randolph's, whatever. Killing, Randolph's killing it. He's playing really well. But is that helping your team in the long term? You're not playing for this year anymore because you stink and you're not making the playoffs. So why not look at a long-term view here? Like you got to have some sort of overall direction as a team. And, okay, maybe we can beat the Hornets tonight. They lost by 20, by the way. That's terrible. 
But you know what I mean? They're gonna they they only have two games this week. They play again on Saturday. Like, okay, you can play Zach Randolph thirty two minutes and maybe beat whoever it is they play. That doesn't matter. But is that helping you? No, that's not helping you. Like the okay, you accomplished one little short term goal, but it didn't do anything as far as the rest of your. I mean that you got to assume the front office is saying win now. Go to the playoffs now. We paid all this money on these guys. No, here's what he said. Okay, the front office this, isn't saying this. This is what Jaeger said. Okay, okay. and and this is a like a, a pretty direct quote. I, you guys could probably look it up. The Sacramento Bee reported it about two and a half, three weeks ago. He said along the lines of when he he called up Scalabissier back from the G League. He said. Something about they told me I'm supposed to play in minutes, but I do what's best for the guys. The hell does that mean? And I'm like, what guys? Yeah, like, who are the guys? I don't know these guys. Are you, Can you... Drinking buddies? Like, who? yeah. <laughs> so I don't know if he's got Zach Randolph on his fantasy team or what the yeah, hell. That could be it. Sometimes he don't make no sense. Um, but it's like. It's like he almost says like he's smarter than everybody else. And I've I've gone on for this for years about how he screws the team, I think, by playing these crazy rotations where one night Scalabissier plays nine minutes and then the next night he plays 12 minutes and then he doesn't play for two games. Then he plays 20 minutes and then he plays eight minutes. It's like the kid never even knows when he's going to go in, if he's going to play, if he's not going to play. Like that's got to be messing with his confidence, right? Like – to say, oh, you're good enough to play, and then be like, oh, you're not good enough to play, now you are, like, okay, maybe he's going to struggle in a matchup, but let him struggle, like, he's got to realize that he's got to yeah. improve. Like, let, you can't... like, let him be bad, because, like, you got to know what you got there, right? And sometimes you see some really good flashes from him, and other nights you see some duds, and he's not going to figure it out playing in the G League. Yeah, that's what I mean, and and he's he's gone down there a couple times this year, and he's ripped it up. I mean, he's like had some huge games. You know, let's let's not get ahead of ourselves because uh, Cristiano Felicio has ripped up the G League as well. So, but that's uh, that's that's my point. That's exactly your point. Is that's not really? I mean, it, okay, maybe it boosts your confidence a little bit. Like, yeah, I kicked ass. But I mean, that's not really helping you get used yeah. to playing these NBA talents. And I mean, Sacramento's got a lot of those guys. I mean, like Vince Carter. Vince Carter still plays a lot of nights, and it's like, okay, Vince, like it's still cool that you're awesome at forty, but like. You're not helping us, bro. I mean, I'm, so, I'm sorry. I will say that throwback Vince Carter night the other night was uh, a joy to watch. Against Cleveland when they beat LeBron, that was a, that was a fun yeah. game. Anytime I can see – well, especially against LeBron, but anytime you get uh, a Vince Carter throwback, I mean, it's just – it's a joy. It's an absolute joy. The guy's uh, doing it at 40. Dude, he, it's amazing that he's he can still play as well as he can at, at forty years old. I'll give him props for that. Zero sense what I'm what I'm saying there, but um, first ballot Hall of Fame, Vince Carter, great fucking dude. Like respect. Um, any other any other fringe? I guess Greg Monroe wasn't a fringe guy, but uh, some guy we do talk about quite a bit on the show. Anyone else you got before we go? Um. I get your thoughts on this. So Jeff T got hurt. I've seen. They, I've heard. They said two to four weeks, but I mean, we talked a little bit about that. That could be a a baloney because that did not look 
that did not look good. Yeah, that and, looked like a like a Steph Curry. Yeah, Steph Curry just rolled his ankle. No worries, nothing wrong. And now Steph Curry just came back. Like, take your. That's going to take a while. Right, and that and, was just an ankle. So, like, this is a knee. That looked even worse. So Tyus Jones has kind of been the the trendy pickup. Um, but I'll, I'll throw out there that old Jamal Crawford, thirty seven, still kicking in the league. Um, he's going to get more of that six man type role that he's used to playing. He's going to get a few more minutes than he's been playing. And I think he can probably in a deeper league, probably score you like 10 to 12 points a game. He's not going to give you a ton else, maybe a couple assists, some three pointers. Um, he might be able to help you while, while Jeff Teague is out. Just that, in a sense, that he's going to get hmm, a little more play time. That, that smells a lot like a, uh, Tibbs, insight more than a Jamal Crawford insight because as we all know Tibbs and as you saw with uh, the fact that Chris Dunn does actually look like a um, at least fancy wise like you were saying um, an NBA player but uh, hey the guy can defend too like he's, he's a pretty good defender in the NBA right now the, the problem um, with him is not the defense it's the trash offense man <laughs> he like yeah. and, and, and that's let's, gonna hurt let's say Tyler it doesn't sound like you've been watching the Bulls on this 10 and 2 run because while Dunn still um, just kind of completely forgets how to play basketball every once in a while, he has looked a ton better than he did when he was um, like literally the Shaq and the Fool every single night for the first couple of weeks of the season. What worries me about a player like him, and I said the same thing about Lonzo Ball at the beginning of the season, bad free throw shooter. That always worries me about is all this shooting in general, three-point shooting and field goal percentage. If you can't shoot free throws as a guard, you're normally not a very good shooter. And that 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 creates problems unless you're a really, really good passer or a really, you know, really, really big guy like Ben Simmons who can get to the rim very easily. Um, so that's kind of my worry on Chris Dunn. But. Yeah. Um, and Tyus uh, Jones as well, like he's getting the minutes right, but um... – yeah, I don't know. I mean, he's he's had some impressive steal numbers in those three starts. That's worth looking at uh, for head-to-head leagues. Uh, steals are hard to come by. He's averaging a little over five assists a game in those three games. Small sample size. But the dude isn't going to score a ton, isn't going to shoot a ton. Um, so if you're looking for more of those stats, Jamal Crawford, um, we'll, we'll see. I, 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 I like the idea... Um, it's just, like I said, it smells like Tibbs to uh, go after the old vet and play him way too many minutes versus letting um, a younger guy get any. Yeah, and I mean, just I think the NBA might have passed Tibbs by a little bit, but we'll discuss that at another time. Yeah, that's a whole 20 episode uh, segment, so we'll have to say that for next time or sometime in the off season. Um, Cause like I said that we could, we could talk about that all, all day long. Um, I think that is it Tyler. Do you have anything to plug? Uh, no, I've been writing my weekly schedule piece on hashtag basketball. So, I mean, you can usually find that late Saturday night or Sunday during the day. Um, it didn't get posted a little bit later this week. Um, that was kind of a holiday mess, but that's okay. Um, it got out there, so hopefully everyone's been enjoying that. 
And as far as was, that goes, I don't got much else. It was New Year's, you know. You got Christmas, New Year's. Come on, everybody, give Tyler a break. Those weekly articles do not write themselves. They are, um, uh, they are a long. Uh, there's a long process into writing weekly articles, as I used to know before I got out of the, the weekly article game because it's a, it's a slog. But those articles are incredibly valuable to all the head-to-head players out there. I use them in my head-to-head matchups. Uh, whether Tyler likes it or not, I use them against even him and our listener league. And I'll say this too. I don't ever want to do it too early because there's always a few players who we're kind of waiting on injuries with. Damian Lillard was a good example this week, right? Like they said, we're going to update the status on Sunday. And so I was kind of waiting to hear what they said. Because if they said he's out for the week, then Fair, that's yeah. That's going to make someone like Shapaz Napier a lot more valuable. So it's kind of a double-edged sword of I want to ever get it out there early enough so everyone can enjoy it, but then I got to kind of wait for the news of the day. That makes perfect sense. Um, yeah, go check that out. That's on hashtag basketball.com. It is up there every week, written by Tyler. Um, I have nothing to do with it, so you can tell that the, uh, the information is actually really good and not just random rants about – Chicago Bulls. Um, you can also find Tyler on Twitter at Watsy4444 or me at Watch the Boxes. Feel free to tweet at us with your feedback for the show, segments you want to hear, um, anything that you want us to focus on more, Roto, Dynasty, Keepers, rest of the year, rankings, all that stuff. If you want to hear it, uh, feel free to tweet at us and we will put it on the show, we are pretty we're, – we're crowd pleasers here on Watching the Boxes. And if you do like the show, please do us a huge favor. Go to wherever you are listening to this podcast, whatever site it is, whatever app it is. Rate, review us. It really helps other people find the show. Or tell a friend, tell a neighbor. Uh, I assume everybody over the, the break went and stole their family's phones, downloaded, subscribed to the show, gave, it back, gave the phones back it was Christmas. Don't steal people's phones on Christmas. That's messed up. And um, anything you do, get the name out for the show. We appreciate that a ton because we do this for you guys. And I think that's it for tonight. We will see you guys next time. Thanks, everybody.